Let's go, girl. Just tell me what I can and I'll show you things that you couldn't Is women talking football WTF not to be confused with WFT we are the women a pair of producers for Dave Campbell's Texas football and Dave Campbell's Texan live my name is Ashley Pickle I'm the executive producer of those two entities sitting over there pushing the buttons for quite the busy show today um, is our associate producer Miss Mallory Hartley howdy howdy hey hey how you doing <laughs> how are you <laughs> I'm good I'm tired how are you <laughs> tired as well <laughs> um we have a massive show coming to you today we will start off by spotlighting our week two spotlight games for t- dave campbell's texas football tonight our premiere texas high school football show on friday nights jumping around from game to game in nfl red zone style production with nick lapius and ishmael johnson we will be back with that tomorrow 7 30 to 10 on texanlive.com you can stream that for free every single friday night so we're going to reveal the spotlight games then we will move on to talking with klbk sports reporter and anchor faith douglas because we're talking south plains in panhandle today we will walk through the entire south plains region that's basically the greater lubbock area if you're not familiar with the terminology south plains um with faith and then we'll look at the highest ranked teams in each of those classifications out there in the South Plains. Then we will dive into the Panhandle. I'll walk you through the actual highest ranked teams in the Panhandle and then we will wrap it all up with some uh, history setting uh, record breaking things (laughs) that happened yesterday. (laughs) Uh, Very excited to talk about that. Before we jump into, we will get into our spotlight games here in just a second, but uh, we had our first episode of Texas Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight this past Friday in partnership with the University of North Texas. Um, I don't know if you've had the chance to talk about it publicly in front of the people, but the people. How what what do you want to let the people know about how the week one went? Man, I've so I feel like I've said this so many times, but not I am just not to the people to you. Yes, and to the rest of the the staff, but. I guess I can say it on here, too. Uh, Man, I'm so proud of those kids. Like, for those of you that don't know, we're using the students for most of the grunt work and behind-the-scenes work uh, associated with this show. So we had six editors upstairs cutting highlights, putting together highlight packages, sending down shot sheets pretty much the entire night. Um, And then the rest of the students were down in the studio um, running graphics, working camera, um, and I think – I was just so blown away by how skilled those, those, I guess, students are. Uh, we didn't have a dry run. We never even got the chance to, to run things through completely uh, before we said, hey, we're just going to go live and see how it goes. And I was just blown away by, by the students. I was blown away by Nick and Ish, too, on the desk. I mean, I feel like they just gelled so well together, that being their first time ever doing a show like that. Um, I was blown away by you, by how calm you were um, through a couple of disasters that we had. Um, but I was blown away by our director, Seth Biley, and our assistant director, um, Blaine Tatum. And I just 
really that was my first time ever working on a live show too so a live I guess not a live show but a live produced sports show where there are moving parts all around where we have Mm -hmm. a rundown but we don't technically stick to it so that was my first time and to see it all come together like that with months of hard work I just I was I was so thrilled (laughs) I was interested that's funny that you said that because I was very interested on what everyone's take of this was going to be like because I knew walking in to that week out of our staff at Dave Campbell's that was there out of the students that were there there might be a couple of them but and then outside of our, honestly, our so our director and our assistant director, they had been a part of many programs like this. But I was the only other person that had ever been a part of a show anywhere even remotely close to this realm from the length of time to the throwing out a rundown to that. And to be honest, even the shows that I had been on, it was never like this where we're literally just bouncing around at the, at an instance notice with literally no notice in that but I I knew I was the only person out of our staff here at Dave Campbell's that had ever even been around something remotely close to that so I was like that's why I was so adamant on having so much extra stuff than we needed for week one because I was like they're gonna figure it out real quickly that if you don't have an excess of stuff you will be caught with your pants down you know like you absolutely will be caught and I felt like I was the only one that knew that yes and so now I I had a conversation with Ish because I had told them about this last week and I said I'm gonna be very interested to see how everyone you specifically going into this week is going all right she's not overproducing this we need as much content as we can possibly get and I feel I feel so I mean I feel light and day different I feel so much Mm -hmm. better about going into this week than I did I really I I didn't sleep much on Friday night Mm -hmm. one because I was super excited to just see how this thing goes yeah and two I was very nervous because I was like I I don't know what to expect expect from the students from us you know are we capable of putting on a show to this capacity um but one of the things that that I thought was really cool was at one point uh, the Lake Belton game, one of our spotlight games, the Transformer blue. <laughs> yeah, there was the a game. Tra- there was a Transformer yeah. at the stadium or in and around wherever. If how power grids work, there's transformers yeah. located throughout the town. One of them stopped working, and it was the one that powers the stadium. Um, so they had to cancel that game. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was sitting there. We were trying to get it to pull up because my job was to to watch games and and tell you guys, hey, let's go to this game, let's mm-hmm. go to that game, whatever. Um, and I was like, well. Let's dive into another game, South Oak Cliff Duncanville. Here we come. So yeah. it's it's just kind of one of those things where you've got to be on your toes at all time and and be prepared to change up the script a bit. But I had a blast, and I can't wait to do it for 15 more weeks. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's it's a blast. It really is. It is. It's fun to be back there. I know that y'all don't see, hopefully, all the craziness that's going on behind the scenes, but it's uh, we're a little bit of adrenaline junkies, and it's really yeah. fun. So we hope that you will join us, Nick Laupius, Ishmael Johnson, and the Quad Box. The uh, Quad Box! Tomorrow evening. So evening 7 30 to 10 we are bouncing around i mean it is it is genuinely a fun time so yeah. for free on texanlive.com all right let's go ahead and now after we've set all that up let's reveal which spotlight games we will be going into a reminder these are not the only games we will be tapping into throughout the night we have tons of mm-hmm. other ones on texan live but these are the ones that we will for sure be diving into multiple times yeah. throughout the night starting with 
spotlight game uh week two is what that should say um (laughs) the temple wildcats going on to take down uh the willis wildcats so a wildcat battle here if you did not see what willis quarterback dj lagway did last week it was absolutely absurd 463 yards eight touchdowns in the first half of the game in the first First half. half This kid was putting on a stinking clinic, and he's looking to do it again. It'll be a very tough test going up against the pride and tradition that is the Temple Wildcats. So we will have that one live on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight. Moving on to our next spotlight game here in week number two. How about this tasty matchup? Crosby out of 5A Division One, going to take on the number three ranked team in 5A Division Two in the Fort Bend Marshall Buffaloes. This one is just fun. Crosby known for their really just hard-hitting mm-hmm. style of ball. Fort Bend Marshall will run laps around you if you do not have it lock and key on defense. So incredibly excited and a really big test for Marshall, bumping up into that next classification and seeing, you know, where the gauge is on how far that this Marshall's Buffalo squad can go. So very, very excited for this one. We will stay in the Houston area as I don't care where you are in the state of Texas. This one should be a head turner for all the number fifth ranked Katie Tigers go and take on the 10th ranked Atascacita Eagles. This so good. every single year is is one that we all look forward to. Michael Silvers will be on the call. We'll be joining him at some point at halftime throughout Zoom. Um, but this is great. We also, our very own Gavin Moritz and Trevor Bullard, putting together another mm-hmm. feature, um, sat down with the head Tiger yesterday in Coach Gary Joseph and had a one-on-one sit-down interview with him. A, uh, a man that we're always thankful that will give yes. us the time because he has every right to say, I'm busy. Yes. Um, so very appreciative of Coach Joseph doing that. But this one is just a prospect matchup. I was and say, one if, that you, if you like a lot of star power, you need to watch this game. Every it's, single it's person. With, with prospects. Yeah, every single person across the state should be excited about a matchup of this caliber. Moving down now out of the Houston area, we will go to a very big clash that I am incredibly excited about against a 2-1-0 squad in the number 11th ranked Cibolo Steel Knights taking on the number 12th ranked Lake Travis Cavaliers. This is the third time these two teams have played in the span of one day over a year. Last year they played again in week two which was uh, September 2nd. This Uh year it'll be September 1st. Um, Cibolo Steel took the took the win there. Then they met up again in the area round, like Travis winning on a game-winning field goal, 24-21. to 21. How will volume three end up? And likely, if both of these teams continue to be successful throughout the year, we They're going to meet again. Looking at the quadrilogy, <laughs> as we like to ta- call it. But join us for the third edition in a year of Cibolo Steel and Lake Travis. We'll be checking in down there. Moving on from there... How about we head up to the DFW and another Ooh. tasty 6A matchup. The number 13th ranked Louisville Fighting Farmers taking on the Scots of Highland Park. This one speaks for itself. Star power 
all mm-hmm. over the field. Coaches that know a thing or two about football, this is a tasty, tasty matchup in the DFW, and we will be checking in with our broadcasters there at halftime to get their reaction, post-game reaction, and all of those fun things. This will be a good taste for Highland Park, too, this this little 6A thing that they've got going on here and, and – seeing what the DFW 6A teams are like, too, because this is their first year, again, back in 6A, or I guess second Second year, year. you're back in 6A. So I don't think these two teams played last year. I don't believe that they did. I would need to look that up to verify for sure. But, yeah, Highland Park does not in district see anyone to this caliber. And this is, you're right, a very good measuring stick of, hey, when you inevitably go through and mm-hmm. when your district where what are you looking yeah. at what's Across your level yeah. and it's good to go ahead and have that meter set this early on knowing that they're going to likely have their way with most of the teams in their district yes then we stay in the dfw how about this for a premier matchup of not only incredible teams, but household names across the state. The number one team in 5A Division One, the Alito Bearcats, taking on, punching up their weight class, heading over to C.H. Collins Stadium in Denton, Texas, to take on the number ninth-ranked Denton Geyer Wildcats in a battle that could not be more exciting. Uh, Alito had a very, very good win last week against Parish Episcopal, and yes, that is a private school, but Parish Episcopal, a one of the, the top number, private schools in the entire state. At the time was the number one mm-hmm. um, ranked private school. Yes. And so very excited to see where they stand with this. Denton obviously has a size advantage and a depth advantage, mm-hmm. but um, just interested. And I do think, regardless of how this turns out, this is a little bit of a measuring stick for Denton Guyer, too. They had a good 42-14 mm-hmm. to 14 win against Rockwall Heath uh, last week. Mm-hmm really had their way with them. And so I think that this is a much, even though Rockwell Heath is a 6A program, I think this is a team that's a little bit more in their weight class from a talent perspective. Yeah, it'll be a challenge for both teams, too, going head-to-head. Um, obviously, Alito playing up there, Denton Geyer playing down. But, it, again, it'll be a good measuring stick, I think, for both teams to, to kind of get ready for district play that's happening in a couple weeks. Absolutely. So we're very excited. We'll be checking in with our guy, uh, James Tritley, at halftime of that one. So there you go. Just a small portion of the amazing slate of games that we will have on TexanLive.com. Want to remind you, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight is free. You can watch it for free, absolutely no cost. I think you just punch in your email and you're good to go. Um, from 7.30 to 10 o'clock tomorrow night, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight. If you don't want to watch the show and would rather watch one of those games in its entirety, TexanLive.com slash subscribe and you will have a full year's worth of over 1500 different high school football high school sporting event streams um throughout the year so we look forward to that all right up next we're going to be bringing on klbk sports anchor and reporter faith douglas but before then let's hear from our friends at vcr now Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs 
in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos over there hey. at the audio board. Hey. Controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. That is the name of the game. A lady that probably knows a good amount about controlled chaos working at a news station out there in Lubbock. It is KLBK sports reporter and anchor Miss Faith Douglas. Faith, first off, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. This is awesome. And it, it, it is pure chaos right now. <laughs> <laughs> chaos and football season <laughs> tend to be synonymous, especially around here in the great state of Texas. And that's uh, that's our first question for you is anytime we bring someone on to Women Talking Football, we love to ask them a little bit. Uh, give us your elevator pitch, who you are, how you ended up in Lubbock, and what you're enjoying about it so far. Yeah, so I actually uh, – ended up here back here because I was so I was first of all I was born in shallow water era town about 15 minutes outside of Lubbock and then I grew up in Canyon which is right up I-27 near Amarillo and then I came back here for college went to Texas Tech graduated last year and I've been working at CBS ever since so I guess in a way I'm from here and haven't really left so it, it's kind of a dream come true in a way because I love Lubbock sports absolutely man that that is really cool to be able to cover the the teams around your hometown and speaking of those teams obviously uh season started last week a good week one for everyone across the state but did anyone there's always good teams out there but did anyone surprise you at all in week one um well you know we had a team last year within Lubbock ISD uh the Monterey Plainsmen that struggled and went winless the whole season and they got their first win last year last week and week one. So that was really good. Um, I will say though, I got to mention Cooper versus Dumas. They beat them 42 to nothing. Um, I think, I think Cooper's going to be pretty dangerous this year as far as uh, going deep in the playoffs and Dumas occasionally will have like really good teams and they've had several good teams within their district the last several years. So they might've had an off night and an off week or whatever, but I think Cooper is doing really well, at least for that first week. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on them all throughout the season for sure. They've got a huge game against Hooks this week. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be a big telltale sign for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Now oh, there's yeah. They're, they're a really big physical team as well. They got some big kids. I feel like that's just the story with all these Lubbock schools is they're just physical and, and big, big all around, boys. big old boys all around. <laughs> now, kind of speaking to that a little bit, I know there's a ton of talented, smaller classification teams in the South Plains area, but kind of talk me through a couple of those larger classification schools like 6A, 5A, who you think might make a, a decent run this year. So the 6A, the only 6A school we have here is Friendship, and they took down Coronado last week pretty well. Last year they had a lot of uh, juniors that it was their first time starting, first uh, go-around, and this this year they're looking very professional, very put together. Um, at least last week, you know, they, they reminded me of, like, one of those NFL teams you can see they've clearly been preparing all season, all, all season long. So I think Friendship looks really well. 
Um, it's hard to tell, though, because there's not another 6A here, and they played a 5A last week. So we'll kind of see about them. And then um, we have Coronado, Lubbock High, Estacado, and uh, the Monterey Plainsman as well, all in Lubbock ISD. And out of those four, I would say Estacado is um, on fire, set up to have a really good season. They got a couple of, like, big-time threats, some guys that I, I think are going to be quite unstoppable this whole season. And then Cooper High School, the 5A school that I mentioned earlier, I think they're going to be very good. Again, this year led by Chip Darden, comes from a football family. Um, I mean, his dad coached out at Shellwater. It's just kind of like uh, the writing is on the wall for them to be good. And Mallory mentioned it, but okay, I'm a, I'm a small school ball girl. I love <laughs> small school ball, so I've got to talk about some of these teams out there. And y'all just every single year in West Texas – there's a lot of times where Region 1, when we're looking at it, we're thinking, all right, let's see, who's a true contender? When you talk about Region 1 and small schools, you're going, all right, who's the contenders? Because that's what they're going to be in. People like New Deal, New Home, Happy, Whit Harrell. I mean, even down in the six-man mm-hmm. ranks, West Texas is king. What have you been seeing so far from some of the smaller school teams out there? Yeah, so when we when we do our high school previews uh, for our Friday night show and for, just for all season long, it's really fun because we get to go out to all and we see their, we, we get to go out all these schools and see all their facilities and their guys. And my favorite thing to ask all of those uh, smaller school athletes and coaches is how important it is for them to be dual sport athletes and how much more it brings them together. And I kind of feel like it gives them a little bit of advantage because you think about new home. They were really good last year in football, basketball, and then went really far in playoffs in baseball. So it's like all these guys, and it's the same set of, of guys. And, of course, they lose, like, seniors and classes like that. So when I'm thinking about those small-town kids, I'm thinking, one, they're probably doing a lot more than just football practice right now. Um, and they will all season long. So I think about teams like new home. Abernathy is always really good and always uh, poses a threat. Their coach even told me earlier this season, he was like, you know, it's kind of always been the reputation here is that we're, we're going to win. And so it's not really even a surprise, you know, but I think that those are some some teams to definitely watch. And um, it, it's cool to see because then in come basketball season, it'll be the same guys. <laughs> And you always seem to have a good crop of guys out there. Uh, like you said, a lot of dual sport, big-time players, a lot of big offensive linemen. Who are you keeping your eye on specifically throughout the season? Uh, offensive linemen or just anybody? Just any player. Okay, so I've been dying to answer this because Bobby Ross <laughs> uh-huh. is a junior, yep. and he mm-hmm. plays for Estacado High School. Insane. And last week he had – um under 20 carries as a running back and had five touchdowns his first touchdown was the very first offensive play of the game for 81 yards um and then he gets up and turns around and plays defense i mean this kid (laughs) is just absolutely unstoppable his cousin is on the team he's also really good i think his older brothers were always really good as well i mean He's already getting tons of looks and recruits, and and I see exactly why. He's like 6'3", 215, I think, and he's he's nowhere near his ceiling, I would say. I'm glad you mentioned that Bobby and Cedric are cousins. I didn't know if they were cousins or brothers, so that was a question I had for you, so thank you for (laughs) the insight there. Um, The one thing that we love to talk about when it comes to West Texas right now is I hope that you realize, and I'm sure that you do, how lucky you are with the crop of coaches that you have <laughs> yes. out there. I mean, oh stretching gosh. from Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire through everyone that he's hired down to all of some of our favorite guys out there, DJ Mann, Man, you yeah. know, 
Chip Darden, Will Blaylock, Lyle Leong, all of those those coaches out there are such nice human beings. How oh, yeah. fun is that for you to get to form those relationships with just well, some of the best that do it oh across my the gosh. state? It is, first of all, it's the coolest thing ever because since I'm from this area, I know a lot of the like rich history that comes with these coaches and, you know, uh, Coach Mann. And one of my favorite things last week, I was going live before the Friendship and Coronado game. And one of my favorite things to talk about was Coach Jay Northcutt is from Plainview. DJ Mann graduated from Coronado right here in mm-hmm. Lubbock. They both went to WT and played football in Canyon, where I'm from. And now they're both back here as head coaches. That's awesome. And their uh, Friendship's defensive coordinator is Coach Rib, And he recruited both of them to wt and that same guy coach rib also recruited both of my brothers whenever they were coming out of high school so that's 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 just one (laughs) scenario to show you like the roots and the history of the coaching here runs so deep and it's it's cool to see guys like chip darden like flourish and come into his own but then it's also cool to see guys like blaylock and juan rodriguez to come into lubbock and, and to be able to form these programs i mean i could go on and on about these coaches i just got back from a luncheon with all of them and it's like they will constantly be uh the talk of the town and i guarantee it'll always be people that love this place and love west texas way more than they love their sport how was uh how was dj man's fit today like was okay was it as good so, as one? Rated it. so last week he had a really awesome fit for the first one he had like a coronado yellow suit on with a red to compliment it of course and um he told us that it ranks in his top three fits Ooh. but then today he wears a like flowery jacket and he said he ranks it up there but it's nowhere close to like his top one so he said i think he told us october 23rd to expect a really big time one out of him. So that's right. definitely something to put on your calendar. That's awesome. I love that. All right, last question I got for you before we let you go, and this might be the most important question that you get. If we're coming to Lubbock soon, where are we going to stop and eat? <laughs> okay, so I would have to say, oh, man, I've, I've been coming to Tech football games my entire <laughs> life here, and I've never not gone to Spanky's yep, near yep. or on a game day. And she it's sticks. right <laughs> off of university. It used to be literally, like, the size of a closet, and now it's expanded, and it is – you have to get the cheese uh, sticks, and it's it's just the best burger and fries, and you can walk right over to the game. That's awesome. Well, there it is. She is Faith Douglas, sports reporter and anchor for KLBK out there in Lubbock. Faith, thank you so much for joining us. We hope that uh, maybe we'll be crossing paths with you sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. There she goes, Faith Douglas. You can uh, follow her on Twitter at Faith Douglas with four S's at the end of it. Uh, really appreciate her hopping on. And that is really cool that she is from that area and is getting to cover those teams, especially because, like she mentioned, those coaches right now, a lot of them are alumni or straight up West Texas boys that have always lived out in West Texas that don't want to leave West Texas. Right. That's got to be really cool for her. Right, it just makes her job so much more meaningful to her. Mm-hmm. She just said, like, yeah, some of those coaches recruited my brothers, brothers. too. I mean, she knows these programs so in and out so well that it just makes – 
I just I bet it just makes her job that much more special than it than it already was in the first place. I bet her parents are pumped to turn on the TV and watch her on on the newscast every single night. We appreciate Faith hopping on this uh, here with us. All right, we are Women Talking Football. We're here every Thursday at 2 p.m. breaking down regions across the state of Texas. We divide it into 21 regions here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and today we're focusing on two of them. So Faith obviously talked a ton about the South Plains. We're going to quickly run through um, the highest ranked teams out of each of the South Plains classifications, and then we'll hit on the panhandle. Um, You think that those might be the same thing, but there's a lot of miles in between the two (laughs) of them, so I'll go a little bit more in-depth on the panhandle, but you heard a lot from the South Plains, but let's go ahead and check in to this. So starting off, the only 6A program, like she mentioned, is is Wolfer Friendship out of – District 2. Then you move on down to 5AD1. There are three 5AD1 schools. The one that ranks the highest right now is Lubbock Cooper. They're just outside our rankings in number 23. Um, We only list the top 10 for each classification from 5AD1 mm-hmm. down to 1A Division 2 and 6A. It is the top 25, but we do have actual rankings. Uh, our computer ranks them. Those are just not necessarily public, but these are the highest ranked. Um, 5A Division 2 out of the two teams of Lubbock High and Plainview. The Plainview Plainsmen are uh, the highest ranked team. Moving on down to 4A Division One, you heard Faith talked about it. Uh, Lubbock Estacado, the Matadors under second-year head coach Will Blaylock, uh, have the the Ross cousins in Bobby and Cedric. They are off to a hot start there in 4A Division One. Then 4A Division Two, the only program of which out there in the South Plains is the Leveland Lobos under third year head coach Lyle Leong. We actually talked to him at coaching school. He came into our uh, interview set and was talking about, hey, it's year three. They're pumped up. They're ready to go. So uh, they lost a plain view in week one, 45 to 18. Again, that's punching up two separate mm-hmm. divisions. So uh, really indicative that they were able to get their offense going. He said that they're excited. Jaden Flores, the receiver, is speedy quick on the outside there for the Lobos. Moving it down into 3A Division One, the Mustangs of shallow water. And this is where the pool of teams start to get a lot larger in these classifications out there in the South Plains. Uh, under third-year head coach Rodney Vincent, Cannon Reed is uh, is one heck of a running back and is looking to really lead that hard-hitting shallow water offense. Moving down now to 3A Division Two, just outside our top 10 ranking. Childers is ranked 14th right now mm-hmm. with the opportunity to continue to climb up. They had a very gutsy 14-7 win in week one against Abernathy, which, like uh, Faith mentioned, Abernathy is a really, good really win. good program. Yep. So that was that was a really good um measuring stick there for for Childress under second year um with Bo Helm and then they're real fast keep an eye on their quarterback Scott Smith he he's underrated in my opinion he's a he's a dual threat that I think can utilize his feet a lot more than people realize mm-hmm. I think when you think Childress you're used to thinking in the air yeah keep an eye on the Bobcats young? 
That was just a maybe question. I was just curious. I think he might be in his junior year. Okay. I believe. So he's got two more years. Old. I think so. Nice. Okay. Um, moving down now to uh, the smallest classifications out there to a division one. And how about the new deal lions? They did suffer a 40 to 30 loss against Farwell last week. But uh, Matt Hill led his team to the regional semifinals last year. They, they're playing Idaloo this week. And this is a good test because they moved Dallas uh, Sumner over to quarterback this year. So that was his mm-hmm. first game in the quarterback position. Seeing how they match up against a historical program in Idaloo and seeing how much more experience he has under his belt will be very interesting. 2A Division Two. this is a state-ranked team, the number fifth-ranked New Home Leopards, a big 27-6 win over Haskell last week. You'll remember New Home made it all the way to the state semifinals last yeah. year before they fell to eventual state champion in the Albany Lions. But New Home last year was a year early. They're still a very young team, but we expect big things to come from the, the Leopards this season, representing the South Plains well. Moving down now into the six-man classification. How about that? The number eighth-ranked Happy Cowboys. So this was shocking. Happy was ranked a little bit higher, but they took a, a big 50-24 yeah. to 24 loss to Dalton DeGraffenried's Klondike mm-hmm. squad, um, which, by the way, Klondike and Jayton play this week. Klondike's that number four. Tasty. The Jayton Jaybirds are number three. So keep an Keeping eye on that in yeah. the six-man ranks if you're looking for a really good six-man uh, game. Um, anyway, Stacey Perriman is going is gonna to look to get back with that loss, um, but they take on Follett. And then uh, finally, the highest-rated team in the South Plains in the 1A Division II rankings, and that is the Panthers of Whit Harrell. They saw, suffered a 50-36 to loss versus Spring Lake Earth, um, but they are very large favorite over Crest this week. So looking to get back on track with Harrell is another one of those teams that has an opportunity to bump themselves back up in the rankings after having, after falling to 10th this week. So there you go. The highest ranked team in each classification in the South Plains. Now let's talk some panhandle ball. Panhandle ball. We are big fans of panhandle ball. And so is the Falcons of Bushland as they come in as the highest-rated team in 3A Division One in the Panhandle. Let me move my sheet over here because I'm trying to get this other information. Here we go. Um, so, real fast, Panhandle does have 5A Division One programs in Amarillo, Calf Rock, and Tascosa, a 5A Division Two program in Palo Duro, a bunch of Canyon programs with Dumas and Hereford and Pampa in 4A Division One, in 4A Division Two, Borger, Canyon West Plains, keep an eye on them, um, and Perryton. And then our first actually top 10 ranked state team is the Bushland Falcons coming in at number seven. So I told you to keep an eye on Canyon West Plains. Bushland punched up and beat West Plains last week, 47 to 41. It was a high flying affair, which is no surprise when it comes to Bushland. Um, But Josh Reynolds in his 55th year over there, he's 29 and, uh, well, maybe now 30 and eight overall. Mm -hmm. 
he is really something special out there at Bushland. Uh, their quarterback, Dawson Jocko, is one to keep an eye on. Um, he threw for over 3,300 passing yards and 40 touchdowns last year. He's back better than ever. Um, and they have, they have quite a bit returning. Six returners on defense is going to be a big help, too, for a defense that started off for a little bit of a rocky start last year but looks to bounce back. Um, and they – Oddly enough, perfectly enough, could this not have drawn so this up awesome. better <laughs> enough, are taking on the number yeah. one ranked team in a 3A Division two in the Canadian Wildcats. They are the Wildcats, right? Yeah, uh, I said that, correct. and then it didn't sound right. They are. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Dude, what a high-scoring game this is going to be. If you like offense. High-flying offense, baby. Allow me to put... <laughs> Bushling quarterback Dawson Jaco on one side and Andy Cavalier, no, no, Cameron. Cameron Cavalier, head coach Andy Cavalier, taking over for the Canadian Wildcats this year. Uh, Cameron is an, also a senior quarterback who had over 3,000 passing yards, 1,500 rushing yards, and He's 67 touchdowns insane. last year. <laughs> If you like quarterback matchups, please tune in to Bushland and Canadian. This will be very, very interesting. The one thing that I have to say, Bushland obviously a little bit bigger, a little bit more depth, but Canadian is hard hitting. I still have a couple of questions on the Canadian offensive line. They lost a lot to graduation last year. Very interested to see because we know Cameron can run or throw. He's very dual threat, but they're going to need to find some protection from him um, for from that Bushland mm -hmm. offensive line. So tasty, tasty top 10 ranked matchup out there in the panhandle coming up this Friday. Moving on now to 2A Division One, and it's a name that has been very prevalent out there the past couple of years. The number eight ranked Stratford Elks, uh, Matt LaVorne and his squad went 11-1 and last year. A little uncharacteristic out of the past probably four or five years. They ended up falling to Cisco in the area round, but they came back in 2023 with a big one, giving a complete shutout to Spearman last week. 37 to nothing. This Elks team they have really good speed um, and really good size, but just very, very young, especially on the lines. There, you'll notice a couple of these teams really young on the lines. A lot of production from the offensive line graduated for a lot of these panhandle teams last year. But interested to see how those young players end up standing up and, and getting ready to go here in the start of the 2023 season. Yeah, and they're looking to come back to AT&T Stadium after a drought last year, but they won back in 2021 against Falls city mm -hmm. i believe so they're looking to get back there and this year might be the year to do it because they got the guy mm -hmm. that i will talk about in a minute Ooh, <laughs> a nice little <laughs> lateral tease there uh all right and then wrapping it up down in 2a division two you have the number fourth ranked team in the wellington skyrockets they got a big shutout against a team out of oklahoma last mm -hmm. week uh, greg profit in his sixth year um, they're a team that's looking to punch you in the mouth, as always, just hard-hitting a ball out there. Um, if you need them to beat – if they need to beat you with speed, that's going to be a little bit of a tricky um, tricky opponent to go up against. But they are definitely big and will punch you right back. And then a team that I just cannot get enough of, the 10th-ranked Sunray Bobcats. Um, they also had another big win over a team out from Oklahoma – 
but can we talk about Armando Luan? Are you talking about him later? I'm not. Okay, well then let me tell you. <laughs> I hate to give Tepper credit, but he he hopped on the uh, who's Tepper? Armando, correct. The Armando Luan bandwagon last year. Um, he led the passer. He led passers in the state. The entire state, regardless of classification, was the leading passer in the state last year. This kid is just special. That air raid attack, they've got 10 starters returning on offense. They have 10 starters returning on defense. Um, So, yeah, and and Coach uh, Coach, uh, Boatnam will be the first person to tell you that that experience is going to carry over because Mm -hmm. Luan's only a junior. He did that yeah, as a sophomore insane. last year, and it's funny because almost all of the other skill players were exactly like that, just real young. So that experience that they got making a making a pretty deep run last year will definitely pay dividends. But Armando Luan, we saw him at seven on seven, and I was like, oh, he's special. Oh, I understand the hype now. So yeah. there you go, the highest ranked teams in the Panhandle. Yeet. That's a lot of talking. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to hand it off to Mallory Hartley to do some talking. So I can right. take a sip of my, uh, I'm just going to say it, community my Dr. Coffee. Pepper. <laughs> my community coffee. Um, and walk us through some of the players to watch out for. Let's do it. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that I have noticed when going through a lot of these players is that they start off very young mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of starting on varsity. I mean, there's a lot of these guys that we're talking about today that have started on varsity as freshmen and have just grown in size and are now are juniors and seniors at the varsity level and have, have gained all of this experience. So there's a lot of really talented players that really know their teams very well because they've just started off so young um, as freshmen. But anyways, let's get into it. Starting at the highest classification, friendship wide receiver Leighton Stone. He returns for his junior season after recording 1,177 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. That's insane. (laughs) He's a speedy receiver with great size. He's listed at 6'3", 185 pounds. And in last week's week's win over Lubbock Coronado, he recorded eight catches for 136 yards and three touchdowns. And along with his speed, he's got he's got great athleticism and, and excellent hands. He's able to make the play in, in those really, really tough one-on-one situations. He's got offers from Texas Tech, Baylor, Texas State, um, and Arizona. I have a feeling that those offers are going to be flying in after his uh, during his junior his senior season this year. And this is a team that does like to throw the ball quite a bit. They run the spread, and Stone is a guy that they can rely on in those really, really tough one-on-one battles. Moving right on down to Lubbock Cooper, offensive lineman Holton Hendricks. Probably one of the best players, I would say, in the South Plains region. He's a four-star offensive lineman who can play at tackle and guard. He recorded 18 pancakes last season. He's a big dude. I have been talking about Holton <laughs> Hendricks for the past oh, yeah. three years. I, I remember swear doing. We talked about him last year on we WTF. Did. We talked about him last year on WTF, and then the year before last, um, Ariel Schaefer, who was also mm-hmm. at KLBK, um, she had me on to do kind of just a West Texas breakdown for their newscast mm-hmm. at one point, and I, I have. I am so familiar with Holton Hendricks. It's not even funny that he's, he really is. He's talented. He's, he's very talented. He's 6'3", 275 pounds. He just anchors that offensive line. And he's been that, he's, that big. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like these guys have been so big since their freshman year and they just keep getting bigger and better. 
And he's not only is he big, he's agile and he's consistent with his blocks. He's a really, really fun guy to watch who can play at multiple positions, multiple positions on that offensive line and do really well. Um, he's currently committed to Texas Tech. He did that. He did so back in November of 2022. And he chose the Red Raiders over Baylor, Houston and Kansas. And he's just a good pass blocker for a team that runs the multiple spread offense like Lubbock Cooper. So he's a he's a really, really big guy and um Good guy to have on the offensive line there. Moving right along to Lubbock Estacado, running back and linebacker Bobby Ross Jr. You already heard Faith talk about him because he is he was the star, I would say, of week one out there in the South Plains. This kid's a certified stud who excels on both sides of the ball. And like Faith said, he's literally only a junior. So he's got yeah. two full season left seasons left like she said last week against Midland Green one he had 14 carries for 262 yards and five touchdowns and on the defensive side five tackles and a sack he's a stud on both sides of the ball he just it's it always amazes me to see and and Lubbock Estacado granted they are a 4A program but at that level to know the game that well to know the game that well on both sides of the ball is just it's so impressive mm -hmm. to me it really really is yeah, he's he's a man amongst boys playing out there. Will Will Blaylock is was smiling from ear to ear when he saw the production that mm -hmm. that Bobby Ross could have, and his his cousin Zedrick's really really good too. It definitely runs in the family, but Bobby is definitely a name that people oh, need yeah. to start recognizing. Yeah, he's he's an explosive back. He blasts through holes in the line with his breakaway speed, and he's just genuinely a defense's worst nightmare. He's listed at six three, two hundred pounds, and two four seven Sports has him ranked as a four star. Recruit. He's got offers from all over the state of Texas, actually. North Texas, Texas State, Texas Tech, and UTSA. So I'm interested to see who will land this stud of a player. But he's got he's a he's one of those special talents. And like I said, he's got two seasons left. So his numbers are only going to increase as he gains more experience. We've already kind of talked to him, talked about him a little bit, but let's dive a little bit deeper into him. Canadian quarterback Cameron Cavalier. Put up absolutely insane numbers last year as only a junior. Passed for 3,069 yards and 31 touchdowns through the air. And he ran for 1,537 yards and 36 touchdowns on the ground. And altogether, if you're wondering, he accounted for 4,600 yards and 67 touchdowns in total. That was his stat line last year. In total. Easy money. Easy, just, just right? Roll out of bed and drop nah. sixty-seven touchdowns. No, nah, no, nah, that's that's simple. Through well, how many games did they play last year? Like, so they Canadian. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I was just. I mean, that's just really impressive for the amount of games that a Texas high school football season holds, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a do-it-all uh, kind of talent for this Canadian offense. He can perform well under pressure when the pocket starts to collapse, and he can just sling it downfield with insane amount of accuracy. And Canadian's a team that likes to rack up the numbers on you with the explosive plays, so he fits in their system really, really well. And not to mention, he's got playmakers all around him, too, so that just makes it that much better for him. And finally, let's round this thing all out with – I could teased him a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. but Stratford quarterback and linebacker Bryce Braden. He's entering his junior season and has played on varsity. He's one of these guys that has played on varsity as a freshman, and he was actually a part of Stratford's state championship win over Fall City back in 2021. Um, 
he's another guy who puts up big numbers um, last season on both sides of the ball. He passed for 1,358 yards and 19 touchdowns. He rushed for 947 yards and 15 touchdowns. And he also recorded 104 total tackles <laughs> and four sacks. <laughs> all, all I got out of that was and, and, and. and that, like I mean, that's when you know the stat line's good, when you have to say and, and 75 times. And I have to take three breaths. when I get. It's funny when I have to take a breath after the offensive stats, stats. and then go, and, and here's his defensive <laughs> stats, right? 104 In case you total we were tackles. Done. Correct. And four sacks last season for Braden. He's rated as a three-star on 247 Sports, and for a 2A team, that's pretty impressive. He showed absolutely no mercy last week against Spearman with a 37-0 shutout win. And Braden ran for 74 yard, 75 yards excuse me, and two touchdowns, and he threw for 94 yards and led the Elks in tackles with 14 and two sacks. And... Dude, and he's really dang good. And and you should keep up with him this season because and he's only a junior. So he's got two more seasons left with Stratford. And that's what I'm saying. When you've got the guy in Bryce Braden, when you've got the guy at the 2A level, that makes a big amount of difference, especially when they play both sides of the ball like that. He oh, yeah. could be the difference between this team making it to 12 wins or making it to – I don't know, second round of playoffs mm -hmm. all the way to AT&T Stadium. Like, that's that's how how much of an impact that this guy can have on the Elks this season. Absolutely, yeah. Dave, there's talent. There's talent littered all around, both the South Correct. Plains and the Panhandle. So there you go. Um, the regional breakdown of the South Plains and Panhandle. We love our friends out in West Texas. And again, thank Faith Douglas for hopping on with us out of KLBK. Before we go, there is one thing that we wanted to do because this show is called Women Talking Football. Correct. Um, that doesn't mean we necessarily have to focus on the women's side of that. That doesn't mean we have to focus on the football side of that. But right now, we're going with the women's side of it. If you happen to miss it, last night, uh, the Nebraska volleyball team set the world record for women's sports attendance. So Nebraska played Omaha in Memorial Stadium. That's the football stadium. Mm -hmm. So they brought the volleyball court out there and they played a full uh, three sets of volleyball in which a crowd of 92,003 people watched. Insane. It was awesome. And so we want to show you the video, and then I'll tell you which record they ended up breaking. But get ready for some goosebumps as we roll this video courtesy of the Big Ten Network.
goosebumps. <laughs> I mean. Insane. Hey, shout out Big Ten Network, too. <laughs> Love them. <laughs> Go Rutgers! <laughs> um just so cool i mean really good 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 on you corn huskers because that was that was really cool i can yeah. only imagine the feeling of what that was like for those girls to walk through the tunnel and and the cameras and the lights and just and then and then so walk cool. out walk out to a football stadium seeing over ninety two thousand fans yeah for a volleyball game that that's just that just rules, rules. i don't so care i don't care awesome. who you are if you don't think that that rules then no. go and get yeah <laughs> um but so i said this but the previous where i'm gonna read this here so i make sure that i'm getting it right the previous world record for women's sports attendance was ninety one thousand six hundred and forty eight. that was set on april 22nd 2022 so just over a year ago um well year and a half um in barcelona spain for a champions league match between fc barcelona and wolfsburg so um a women's professional soccer game this was the largest attendant attended women's sporting event um ever in the history of ever Ninety two thousand and three people showed up uh to watch the five time NCAA champs in the Nebraska Cornhuskers volleyball team go ahead and take that on. It just just really cool. Really cool by the athletic department. Cool for the team. Cool for the state of Nebraska. Cool for women's sports everywhere. So shout out to Nebraska for one hell of an idea. Yeah, well and it's one of those I I think Holly Rose the one that tweeted this, but I retweeted it. Um she said, you know, when when you give them the space, people are gonna show up, mm-hmm. you know. That's the problem with a lot of these facilities in women's sports is that the the facilities can't support large amount of crowds like that. Mm-hmm. So when you give them the space, people are going to show up. And I hope that this resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, Holly, Holly is that's that's her favorite thing. Like, yeah, when mm-hmm. when you do this, they will come. And she tweeted that out about the uh, women's final four that was in yeah. Dallas. I was lucky enough to be in the building, hyping up that crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it is. When you hold it in a venue like that, it was more attended than the men's right. was. It was more watched on TV than the men's was. And that's just, it's just cool to see. I mean, it's cool. You should support sports wherever you want to support sports, but support women's sports too. It's, it's yes. just as much fun if not more fun sometimes, I will forever stand by the fact that I think women's basketball can be a lot more fun than men's basketball every I now and then. I stand by <laughs> it. The, final, the women's Final Four this year was a thousand times better than the men's so Final Four. So much fun. I mean, I, just all about, like, star power, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so much more star power. Caitlin Clark in, in the women's Final Four. I mean, I can't name one player that played in the men's Final Four right off the top of my head. No. Like, there was, it was just so much more hype around it, and I think people saw that, and people showed up for that. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. You like fundamental basketball, which I love. Anyway, I'm not going to get off on my basketball rant here, but uh, right. really, really cool. Congratulations to the Nebraska volleyball team, the Omaha volleyball team, too, for helping to set yeah. the world record for the largest attended women's sporting event in the history of ever. Um, history ever. <laughs> yeah. We should do that. We need to break a record. What could we break a record? We're going to look that up. It's going to be am, super we dumb. Need, you know what we need to buy? We need to buy the Guinness Book of World Records and just look it find through it and find the break. easiest one to break. Okay. Like, no, I couldn't do that. I'm good at planks, but there's some people that can go for, like, hours, and I don't think I can go for that long. You know? <laughs> that was the one that came to my head. <laughs> And here with a planking brag is Mallory I've gotten really good at planks. I really have. <laughs> and I don't know if I could do a 
couple hours of it, though. <laughs> I did not. You what are some of the craziest? You could have given me a million and two tries to guess what you would have said there, and planks um, would have been the last thing on my mind. I did look up in high school, like, the world record for the most back handsprings in a row, uh-huh. and it was a large number that I was like, nah, I'm not no. even going to try that. Maybe, like... I just gotta Google it real fast, and then we're gonna. How end much Dr. Pepper? Show. How much Dr. Pepper consumed in a day? Oh yeah, I might break I that like on a daily basis. That. What like is the that. easiest world record to break? It already popped up. Um. <laughs> and here with final thoughts. No. <laughs> no. When you Google it, the first one that pops up is the most number of underpants you can put on in under <laughs> one minute. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to put that one on camera. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep researching about what wor- world records we could break that might include Mallory planking, which might include underpants. We don't know. But what we do know is we'll be back next Thursday. Make sure to tune in to Dave Campbell's Texas Football tonight, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Hard, hard stop there. Texas football tonight, tomorrow. Um, join Ishmael Johnson, Nicholas Laupius, and our entire crew of UNT students as we bring you the best coverage of Texas high school football that you can find on Friday nights. We'll see you tomorrow night on texanlive.com at 730. Bye. Go Rutgers. Beat Northwestern. <laughs>